Hey everyone, welcome to episode 110 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And pretty soon, <laughs> pretty soon, it'll be that. It's gonna be that again. I can feel it. Yeah. So we are looking forward to the return of Jeff. And right now, we find ourselves in the beginning phases of the FHE Summer Series, where we invite people other than Andy, Greg, and Jeff, when he's not on sabbatical, to share their journeys and insights with us. This year, they are sharing their favorite scriptures and the impact it's had on their lives. And this week, we will attempt to stare fear in the face and try to bolster our courage through a refresher on God's peace. But before we begin, last week, Connor Yonkers brought home a week of VBS themes of Jesus Rescues, where we decided that even David, a man after God's own heart, needed a new clean heart and was clearly aware that it could only come from God and not himself. Of course, if you've missed any past episodes, you can catch all of that by swiping up in iTunes. You can click on episodes at hospitalchurch.org slash podcast, and everything you need will be there. And of course, the church mobile app is the easiest way to find everything that you need. So this week, we have Greg, who has been pretty much uh, the, the Jeff sit-in yeah. since the sabbatical started. And also, we have Molly Duper, who is... I guess I'm sitting in for, for Andy. Andy. I was going to say it. <laughs> there you go. So she's in for Andy this week. And so I'll try to be just as wise. Just as wise. Well, you probably have that. Kind you of must not listen to the podcast. No, I'm just <laughs> oh. kidding. I'm kidding. I was going to go there and I'm refrain. kidding, Pastor Andy. And, and, and there we have. All right. So we can't talk about fear without a little transparency here in the studio. We all have fears. We all have phobias. And we all let it take over our minds from time to time. So. What is your biggest fear or phobia? Molly, go. It sounds really weird, but you actually want to hear it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'm, well, when I was a little girl, I remember seeing this movie. My mom was watching this movie. It's called Witness. It has, like, Harrison Ford in it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this little boy sees something he's not supposed to. It's like a murder. And then those people are after him. And I... Ever since then, I'm always, like, terrified I'm going to see something that I'm not supposed to. Is that... I remember you telling me that one time. Hmm. Yeah. Like a no. year and a half ago. I remember you told me that. Yeah, Andy asked what our biggest fear was. Right. I guess that's the most random fear. All right. I'm going to have to look that up and see. Um, I mean, there is literally... I was on a website last night prepping for what we were going to talk about today and about all the different phobias... It is ridiculous how many phobias, I mean, have actual names and uh, medical diagnoses of what they actually are. Mine is claustrophobia. Oh. I'm good with a lot of other crazy things. I like, you know, I can walk, you know, scaffolding up to the moon and back. I don't care. don't care about heights and speed and a lot of other things that sometimes people get a little nervous about. But if you put me, like, I get the elevator here. I was like, ooh, okay. I think we're okay. I mean, I got trapped on an elevator. Oh. A couple of years ago, and it was on a Friday afternoon at, at the hospital, and it was in a part of the hospital where there wasn't a lot of people, and I got trapped on the elevator, and I was really, like, sweating bullets and just, like, almost losing my mind because I just don't like tight and confined spaces. Greg, what's yours? Hylophobia, for sure. What's Which that? is? The fear of trees. Fear of trees. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just Googled, I just Googled it up. <laughs> Xanthophobia is the fear of the color yellow. No, honestly, so it's it's a really weird thing, and I don't know if it's – I have sometimes this fear of, like, sharp corners. 
that like if I'm sitting somewhere and like a cabinet door is open, like I just become convinced in my mind that somehow it's my eye is just going to fall <laughs> right into the corner of that cabinet. Okay. To the point where like oh, I can't, man. like I just have to like, like I'll go close it or like I can't like concentrate or if there's because like a, it's just gonna poke you in the eye yeah it's just like somehow i'm just gonna like fall okay. on that corner and like and so then i just have to like grab my eyes and wow hmm. that's weird so i don't feel as weird anymore it's well, not the same i think by definition fears and phobias are a lot of times almost irrational because yeah. most of the things when you look at these fears they're not really based in anything that's reality or things that are common that's like oh, I'm going to run into this really crazy spider that's going to kill me. I mean, how many deadly spiders are there in the world? And do they even exist where you live? But I have a fear of them. Yes. So there's a movie like, about it, arachnophobia. I've heard of that. I've never seen yeah. it. But anyway. So what about spiritual and Christianity fears? Anything? Mm. Greg can go first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Christianity fears, like... I don't know. I mean, when I was a kid, it was always like, well, did you ask for forgiveness? And before you went to bed, because if you don't, you know, this might be the night Jesus comes back. And if you didn't ask for forgiveness, then you're going to hell. Dude, I grew up with that, right? right. So like, me too. That was definitely, you know, a big part of it. You know, a big part of my childhood was like this fear of God. The fear of Jesus returning was like a big thing for me. As I've gotten older and kind of come out of that phase, uh, that, you know, that religious mindset, you know, a lot of that has changed, you know, particularly because of my vocation as a pastor, I think one of one of my biggest fears is that I I misrepresent God. Mm, you know, like that I one. you know that I say something that I do something that is maybe reflected in a way or perceived in a way, way or yeah. is actually that, right? You know. <laughs> you like, at the worst I, part, yeah. It wasn't they were perceiving me to be a jerk. No, no, I was being, being a jerk, jerk. <laughs> right? So whether it's perception or reality, <laughs> like that is one of my fears and that instead of it just being like, man, Greg is a jerk, it's like, dude, he's a Christian. And that's what God is like. And that's yeah. why I don't want a part of him or anything that he claims to be in my life. And so that, mm. I think, is a is a big fear for me that I misrepresent God. Wow, that's a good one. That should be something we should yeah. all fear a little bit and make Absolutely. sure that we're taking steps to not be that guy or girl, as it may be. There is an actual phobia about living forever. It's a pyrophobia. Mm. To me, that just says... If we're really afraid about living forever, or maybe it's the fear of we're not ever going to get to be able to live forever because, you know, am I good enough or do I know enough or is God love me enough to be included in salvation? And I think what she talked about this past week in John fourteen twenty seven was the verse that she was referencing that there are so many Bible verses also that she used that just reiterate how much God loves us and how much he's on our side and how much he wants to be with us and all these things that he's done for us. But what's the best thing that we can do to ourselves to plant the seeds of grace, even to let ourselves off the hook when it comes to these ideas about what we fear when it comes to God? Because if we're fearing God, then clearly we aren't letting him speak to our hearts because all of these Bible verses are just too many to ignore that to say, well, I don't know, does God really feel that way? Well, I think he's made his position pretty clear. And of course, with salvation plan. So what's the best thing that we can do to just give ourselves a break and remind ourselves that this is what God is and it's what he's about and he's about us? Hmm. For me, it's been a lot of time in counseling. Okay. <laughs> no joke. It's just been... You know, growing up, like I said, growing up in that thing of, you know, it wasn't that God wanted me in heaven. It was that he was trying to find any way to keep me out. 
Mm. Which was really kind of the approach, which, you know, flies in the face of, and I can't remember what the passage is, but, you know, God is not willing that anyone should perish, but that all would have eternal life. life. Yeah. And and so it's like, I didn't have access to that verse when I was younger and growing up with it. Like, that wasn't one that was quoted often. And so for me, it's been, that's fine. Like, you can have this level of knowledge, but it's then how do you incorporate that, you know, into it? And so part of that has just been trying to process through really the feeling, you know, part of it and and the other factors that have come into play there. So Mm. for me, it's just been working intentionally to change my mindset and seeking objective third party to help me do that. Mm. Mm. Go ahead, Molly. Yeah. Uh, For me, I guess I always tell this to people and maybe it's just my experience, but the the farther north that I lived, it was really all about rules. So that those like (laughs) seeds of grace of like not fearing God or... The future or the second coming, it was a lot more scary, but the farther south that I moved and now I live in Florida, it's like I've experienced a way different Jesus and because now it's about relationship. And so, yeah, ever since that that has happened where it's the relationship versus the rules, that just like knowing him more and actually just who God is, has just planted the seeds a lot. More organically, I guess. Yeah. And my story resonates a lot with yours as far as we both grew up kind of in that same northern northern places. But when moving, again, the farther south we've moved, and I've met so many people here in Orlando, some of them pastors, some of them friends who have been spiritual mentors who – and some of it was just the pastor, finding a pastor who – you would see at the front who wasn't wearing a suit. That was kind of weird. And it was like, oh, well, pastors mm-hmm. are like regular people. Okay, that's... No, a- they're not. No, well, no, th- <laughs> you're they're, right. They're way stranger <laughs> they're than way stranger. regular people. And then to hear a pastor actually preach a sermon, and he was like, listen, you know, we all have our, our burdens that we carry. We all have our things that we wish were different about ourselves. And he was like, mine is mater- materialism. He's like, I want stuff and I covet stuff. And, you know, this is a real struggle for me. I look at things and I want them. And I just, you know, that's something that I struggle with. And I was like, whoa, someone is admitting a weakness from the on high. From the higher ground. Right, from the higher ground. And that might not seem like a big deal to a lot of people. But if you've grown up like we were just talking about, that's a huge deal. And then to find people who actually took an interest in me that mentored in found the good qualities about me spiritually and said, you know, this is what you should focus on. You should do more of this. You should talk to people about your journey because other people can benefit from it. And so I think it's just each finding that place, those people, that community that helps bring out the best in us. Because I think as Christians, we would love to be the people that everyone looked at and wondered, hmm, how come they live such amazing, fulfilled lives without fear and worry? But how many people look at Christians and and actually... And actually say that. I don't feel like it's a lot. I, I think you feel like a lot of people look and go, oh, yeah, there's those judgmental people over there who think they're better than the rest of us. And yet this week she gave us so many good texts, Romans 8, 28, Deuteronomy 31, 8, 1 John four eighteen, all these different verses just telling us about how much God loves us and how God wants to work out for the good for all that for all who love him. And he'll never leave us or forsake us. Perfect love casts out all fear, which we know his love is perfect. But yet we still find ourselves with this hand-wringing, the furrowed brow, the unhealthy coping mechanisms that we rely on for support. Is this just a lack of faith or are we just soft? 
Well, I always think that I trust God, and then there's turbulence on a plane, and I'm like, oh, JK, maybe. I'm like, Jesus, I'm so afraid we're going to, like, crash and burn right now. So, yeah, that's a good question, because a lot of times I always think I do, but then something happens to me, and then I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm from square one again, trying to trust him in a different situation. It's always the unknown parts or the caught off guard parts where you find yourself in life and go, hmm, guess I've never asked God about this one before. So maybe that's the one that puts a different spin on it for us or a different angle. We look at the story of Esther and she unpacked that story during her message. And I think we read that story. We've heard that story. We know the drama and we know the outcome. So maybe it takes away some of the punch at the end. But it wasn't that she didn't have any fear. And it wasn't that she was some extraordinary person. I mean, she was an orphan girl and she was just a normal life or less than optimal life. But she didn't let the fear stop her from doing what was right. And she was put there by God himself. And I think through that realization, she was able to just do something pretty amazing. We often think, well, I'm just, I'm just Randy. I'm just Molly. I'm just Greg. What could God possibly do? with me. And I think that leaves us open to fear. How do we connect with God to know what our purpose is? A lot of what she was talking about is if we have that purpose and realization that God does want all this for us, that should take away our fear, right? Yeah, it's relationship. And so when you have a relationship that's built on fear, that's built on mistrust, that's built on less than pleasant things, that's going to affect so much of who you are, especially if that person that's abusing you or mistreating you is in a position of power. Right. So then when it's like God that is in this position, right, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-creating, you know, creating, that then is like, oh, he doesn't actually love me or he doesn't want what's best for me or, you know, for whatever reason, like, you know, it's not going the way I want because I've done something to make him mad that's huge. And I mean, that starts to alter. I mean, and we just know from, from science, you know, and psychology and stuff that things that you believe, uh, or the things that you're told, like, you know, you start to believe. And, sure. Yeah. And so it makes it really hard to then dig out of that hole yeah. and it affects your relationship and it affects the trajectory of your life. Yeah. Well, the one thing I was thinking of is she started to wrap up her message and just thinking about this whole fear thing. And I'm like, what is really, really different about me from what we were talking about in the in the younger days when we were maybe sitting in a community of believers that were not as grace-filled or as love-filled as we have here at the church. And I thought ending up here at Florida Hospital Church, I really feel like being a part of a community like we have here where people really truly are willing to put aside differences and say, let's work together for the greater good. Let's impact our community Let's tell stories that are meaningful and let's let's pick people up off the ground and, and help them. And you kind of put that all together and realize so many people are without the benefit of what we have here. I just feel like being a part of our community here at Florida Hospital Church has blessed me and I see it blessing other people. And I, I guess it's an invitation. If you have someone that you know that maybe maybe was a Christian in their past life or don't feel like they resonate with Christianity anymore, but maybe they feel like they'd like to try something else, go to church, meet new people, or just be a part of a community. Invite them to come and hang out here with us at the Florida Hospital Church because I think you find a pretty welcoming and a safe community. And I think that's huge in, in taking our fears and kind of putting them aside 
and realizing that God is pretty good, even among people who are not always that good, Yeah, even though we want to be. Are you wrapping up? I am wrapping up. Well, I just wanted to say, I know we've done it, but I just want to give a special shout out again to Evelyn uh, for her message. She's just wrapped up her eighth grade year. She's heading into high school. She just did a fantastic job. She did do uh, And I'm just so thankful. I know that Pastor Andy spent some time with her, but I'm so thankful to her because that's a huge, that's a huge step. It's a huge thing, you know, to kind of put yourself out there to such a, a big group of people. And she did a fantastic job and I'm just very thankful to her and her ministry to this community. So Evelyn, if you're listening, thank you. And others, if you get a chance, show Evelyn some love. Yeah, when you, if you see Evelyn at church or you happen to have her phone number or email address, send her a text, send her an email, and let her know that you appreciated what she had to say. Because honestly, she did a fantastic job. Her message was really timely and really well thought out. And one of her takeaways was, think of a situation you have been in where you knew what the right thing to do was, but you were too afraid to do it. How can you avoid the fear persuading you to make the wrong choice? And I'm like, oh boy. Unfortunately, if we're all being honest, the memory that popped into our collective heads was probably there within mere seconds of, re- <laughs> or even prior to finishing that sentence. Like, oh yeah, I can read the right thing. I, yeah, I should, totally should have done that. But we shouldn't hang our heads and admit defeat, but rather we should lean on the promise that we have God's peace and no reason to be troubled or afraid and just continue to ask God to send us the Holy Spirit to continue to move forward and just be the best representation of him as we can be. Amen. Yes. Amen is is what we thought. Amen. Right. So final thoughts come from the closing to Evelyn's message where she said, remember how powerful God is and remember he calls you by name and he commands fear to vanish from your heart because he loves you so much. Wow. That's a good one to remember. And it's a good one to take to heart. Upcoming this week, part two of Text Me, this is going to be with Doug Spinella and his verse will come from Psalm 32, 8. So I'm excited to hear Doug speak. I've talked, I don't really know him that well. Is, but Beth, to... is Beth speaking too? I don't know. I missed Stephanie this morning because we had service camp. Oh, you were, that's right, service camp. Well, see, there's always something good happening around here. Service camp, text me series. Exactly. All right, there you go. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you to Evelyn once more. So join us next Wednesday for episode 111, where hopefully we can have Doug join us to talk about his message. So thanks for listening and have a great week.